Guten Morgen. It's the Trista. Und we are in the new year. Happy the new year. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, was is this? Is this going to be the year of accountability? And an attitude of gratitude and an era of the Christ consciousness. That's what we need. I welcome the new year. Lindsey Graham taken down by police. Find Everybody is freaking out about this, all right? It's called <clears throat> ice hack. And this has been on the news a couple people right now. Two individuals who are especially sweating it tonight. And you might guess who they are. One, of course, is our great pal, old Johnny. That's not anything different. But number two is one of his closest buddies. And I've said this before. One of the people right near the top of the list for who has ruined their lives and their relationships and their reputation for Trump. None other than Lindsey Graham himself. And my goodness, guys, some massive developments have happened in D.C., but also in Georgia. And Fucking what the police Graham. have found on
applying the big lie and fraud claim whether or not the bona fides are there. That's one. And then second, we do have a team from here, and that is a real confusion. Lost down the page. A lot of, I don't recall, I don't recall, I don't recall. We'll see whether they are called into the grand jury by the Department of Justice and if that serves to sharpen their memories. Several high-profile politicians wanting to help push these false claims about voter fraud. For example, Senator Lindsey Graham. We learned about his efforts in the transcript from the former president's lawyer, Christina Bob. She testified that Lindsey Graham told, again, Mark Meadows, that Graham would become a champion of the president's fraud claims. All he needed was, quote, five dead voters. She recalls, he said, give me, you know, an example of illegals voting. Just give me a very small snapshot that I can take and champion. And this exchange will have came just a few days before January 6th, but it shows the White House was trying to get some high-profile allies to amplify these false claims. But here's the kicker. His legal team actually followed up with Graham. They gave him a memo titled, Chairman Graham, Dead Votes Memo, for your consideration. Now, Bob testified Graham didn't do anything with that. Graham's office has not responded to our request for comment. But one of the big themes that we've taken away over the past week in all of these transcripts will, is that all roads go through the former chief of staff, Mark Meadows. A lot of this questionable conduct, these schemes that they were hatching, everything appearing to go through the former chief of staff. Very interesting indeed. Paula, we're also learning from these just released uh, transcripts that the former First Lady Melania Trump didn't trust her husband's inner circle. Tell us more. <laughs> That's right. Her former aide Stephanie Grisham testified that the First Lady didn't trust the White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, or his legal team at the time, specifically Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, and Jenna Ellis. And that is notable because, again, Meadows is at the center uh, of this scheme to try to subvert the election, and certainly that legal team has come under significant scrutiny in the past two years. So it is notable that the First Lady, even two years ago, had questions about the kind of advice that her husband was getting. Paula, I want you to stay with us. I also want to bring in CNN senior legal analyst Ellie Honig and defense attorney Shan Wu. Uh, Ellie, according to this new transcript from uh, a Trump lawyer, Senator Lindsey Graham, as we just heard, uh, said, just give me five dead voters. That's a direct quote. How desperate were Trump's allies to find anything to back up their false claims of voter fraud? Well, one thing that jumps out to me from these transcripts is they knew they had nothing, whether it's Lindsey Graham, Donald Trump Jr. These transcripts show us that in the hours and days after the votes were actually cast in November, they realized they had lost. They realized their only hope was to conjure up these claims of voter fraud, and they just couldn't find it. Lindsey Graham says, find me five examples, and apparently wasn't even able to get anything enough to satisfy him on that small ask. So the point here is they knew they needed some evidence of voter fraud. They had absolutely none, yet they claimed it anyway. Yeah, good point. You know, Shan, what do you make of that exchange we just heard between Donald Trump Jr. and Mark Meadows, the former White House Chief of Staff under Trump, with Trump's son saying he felt that the most sophisticated plan to keep Trump in power. He said that was the most sophisticated plan uh, to keep Trump in power. What do you think of that exchange? Uh, not sure what else he's referring to, but given some of the things we've heard, it might be sort of a low bar of uh, what constitutes plausible and sophistication. But, as Paul was pointing out, his message pretty much mirrors what we know was the laid-out plan, uh, things like the Eastman memos, in terms of how to stop things, how to use alternate slates of the electors. So, I mean, he's 
he's on the mark there. I mean, he sees this as a plan that has some detail. There is a plan to it. It's not just making up things about the Italian satellites. And Meadows is agreeing with that assessment, thinking that this is something that they think has some legal legs to it that they could make some headway with. Well, what Flight Paula says, this is a goldmine of new information. And let's remember, we've only seen a fraction of, of a fraction of what the committee got. A handful of hearings, a couple hours each. And now, even now, we've only seen less than a quarter of the total transcript. So I assure you, prosecutors are going through these trans transcripts very carefully. So you can see, right? You can fundamentally see how this is bad for everybody, but Trump and Lindsay in particular. Trump, of course, because he's the kingpin. What's bad Give for any individual is bad for him. But you can see Lindsey Graham really get stuck in this, really get stuck in making these ridiculous requests, whether it's to local officials in Georgia or whether it's to people in the Trump camp, basically saying to them, just find me X, just find me five dead voters. Just find me some kernel that I can use to go on a campaign. In this video, I'm going to show you how a specialized mixing method helped my wife drop down from 184 to 123 in a matter of weeks. Most women think they'll be stuck with a crumbling on the top after having sex. I love my wife so much, but it's tough seeing her look in the mirror and feel disappointed with the flab around her torso. It wasn't until Jenny ran into her old college roommate, who was looking as slim and thin as she did in her college days. She told Jenny about this specialized mixing method that helped her drop from 100 to 114 in a matter of weeks. Now my wife Jenny can fit into her old jeans and dresses from before we had sure kids. Not still a but it's not only for my wife. Jenny even recommended this specialized mixing method to her sister Emily. Her ex-husband recently divorced her because she got big and tubby. But thank you for this specialized mixing method. <laughs> Emily went from 169 to 118 in a few weeks. Now she... Rampage for democracy, but I just need a little nudge. I need that door to be open just a little bit. However disingenuously, I just need that. And that's a sign that they were looking for an actual rationale. There wasn't actual fraud that they found. There wasn't actual improprieties that they found. The most charitable, you could say, is that they were working really hard to find the fraud, guys. But in actuality, as noted in these clips and what you've been hearing from other analysts, is they were trying to conjure it up. They were trying to basically manifest, almost in a magical sense, the reason for their coup. Like, they knew they were going to coup it up. They knew they were going to have a giant effing coup. And they needed a rationale, because they all understood to varying degrees at varying times, but they all understood Hello. well before J6. They all understood that what they were doing was illegal, Made and it. so they needed to create some sort of rationale, and, 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 and finding the dead people or, or whatever was part of it, right? And so this is devastating, and we shift to Georgia a little bit. One, because we have some more. I just want to read this to you, just to reiterate, that Lindsey Graham was also, you know, pressuring... Raffensperger, not just in general, but with very specific demands about how to disenfranchise voters. And it notes here, 
Graham mentioned the process credit card companies use to verify signatures, suggesting that the same process be used on 150,000 apps and ballots from Fulton County, according to the document. Raffensperger told the panel that the suggestion made him uncomfortable. I didn't know where this was going to lead. My concern was, would you be disenfranchised voters, disenfranchising voters when the ballots have already been accepted by the county process? Raffensperger told Graham he talked with the attorneys at the state's office, but he never spoke with the senator about, senator about it again. And this comes, guys, at the very moment where... Again, the top cop down in Atlanta, the district attorney, is announcing that her probe is officially wrapping up. This is as of today. You can see the headline. It says, you know, December 29th. This is breaking news, and that's bad for everybody because that means the clock is done ticking and time is up. They waited for Graham to drag his heels. They waited after the election. They waited after the runoffs in Georgia, and all of that was done. And now for Trump and Giuliani... And Lindsey Graham and everybody, this is devastating. And guys, like, what they have now, people people aren't getting this. How shocking these images we're seeing are, how shocking these transcripts are. What it all means, guys, is that these images are on everyone's laptops. So if you're a local cop down in Georgia... You yeah, just found so on your laptop, on your phone, on your device at work, yeah, all the evidence you need to further build your case against <laughs> Trump, against Lindsey Graham. The same thing can be said everywhere. So in essence, they're panicking because images of these transcripts and other things have been found on laptops all over the country and they're being used against them. This is bad. Bad news for Lindsey. Bad for Trump. They are sweating. Baby girl. Researchers recently discovered that swallowing these bacteria is better than dental because it targets the root cause of tooth and gum decay so you can get back to smiling and talking without dreading bad breath. If you suffer from decaying teeth, gums, gum infections, toothaches, bad breath or other periodontal issues, then this discovery could be a game changer. Scientists... Hospital. Cada dia mais buena. William, cada dia mais buena. His Department of Justice appointees, including Bill Barr, Jeffrey Rosen, and Richard Donahue, did as well. Cada dia Trump knew. Cada dia William está mejor. and senior staff were telling him. He knew he had lost the election, but he made the deliberate choice to ignore the courts to ignore the Justice Department, to ignore his campaign leadership, to ignore senior advisors, and to pursue a completely unlawful effort to overturn the election. His intent was plain. Ignore the rule of law and stay in power. Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Gentleman yields back. The chair recognizes the gentlewoman from Virginia, Ms. Luria. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mid-December was a turning point. President Trump made a decision, a choice, to ignore the courts and his advisors and to push forward to overturn the election. His efforts to overturn the election were not random or disconnected. Rather, they were part of a coordinated, multi-part plan to ensure that he stayed in power. Donald Trump was the driver behind each part of this plan. He was personally and directly involved. Of course, a key element of the plan was continuing to convince tens of millions of Americans that he did not, in fact, lose. 
Again, he did this, even though his own campaign advisors and his Justice Department officials told him his claims of fraud were wrong. In this video, you'll see that even when top law enforcement officials told the president his election fraud claims were false, he still repeated the claims in the days and weeks that followed. We have a company that's very suspect. Its name is Dominion. With the turn of a dial or the change of a chip, you can press a button for Trump and the vote goes to Biden. What kind of a system is this? Okay. We definitely uh, talked about Andrew Kelly again. That was sort of done at that point because the Henry count had been done and all that. But we cited back to that to say, you know, this is an example of what people are telling you and what's being filed in some of these court filings that are just not supported by evidence. And this is the problem, the problem that people keep telling you these things and they turn out not to be true. Military gadgets are flying off shelves, and here's why. This is what happens when you breathe in 200% more oxygen. And this military gadget... This weird shape quickly becomes popular Father's Day gift of 2022. It replaces up to... They turn out not to be true. In addition, there is the highly troubling matter of Dominion voting systems. In one Michigan county alone, 6,000 votes were switched from Trump to Biden, and the same systems are used in the majority of states in our country. I went into this and would, you know, tell them how crazy some of these allegations were and how ridiculous some of them were. Uh, and I'm talking about some of these, like, you know, more votes, more absentee votes were cast in Pennsylvania than there were absentee ballots requests. You know, stuff like that it was just easy to blow up. There was never, there was never an indication of interest in what the actual facts were. There were more votes than there were voters. Think of that. You had more votes. Yeah, then you had voters. That's an easy one to figure. And by the thousands, then he raised the, the, the big vote dump, uh, as he called it, in Detroit. And that, you know, he said people saw Biden.
de hoy. Voy a, a comprarle comida a, a los pollitos que tengo. <risa> tengo pollitos. Sí, tres pollitos. A ver si viene eh, Vila y me hace una casa por ahí abajo. Que yo quiero que me haga una casa allá abajo pero bien abajo, bien para allá. Um, um, no está allá. Eh, William... Uh... Yo no saco dinero del banco porque tengo miedo que traerlo y me lo roben. So you want to know how to sell art for thousands of dollars right now? Forget about art galleries, fairs, or NFTs. There's a little known trend that's sweeping the art world by storm, and it's called online art booths. An online art booth turns your Instagram into an asset that has the potential to generate thousands of dollars from your art, and any hassles or costs of attending offline art shows or fairs yourself. In fact, it's one of the easiest ways for regular artists to take advantage of the shift online in the industry. So you want to know how you can get started with an online art booth? We'll stick around for the next 60 seconds and I'll show you how. Hi, this is my friend and client Oliver, who did not become financially successful. A few years ago, he was a pretty normal guy with a decent 9 to 5 office job, but he always knew he wanted to start a side hustle selling his art online. I showed Oliver that he could be selling his art using Instagram instead of using art galleries, shows, and fairs. He didn't work 40 years for the man, he didn't invent anything, definitely didn't inherit a trust fund or win the lottery. But what he did do is he followed my advice and he set up an online art booth for his art practice. And since then, he's generated over $100,000 in art sales in nine months, been featured in the art press, and won a bunch of other awards. I started teaching this to others to see if I just got lucky helping Oliver or if my system is repeatable. Since then, I've helped tens of thousands of artists learn about online art booths. Now, for the first time, I'm sharing how you can unlock the secrets of online art booths and create an awesome life, all inside a super simple short training called the four-step process we use to earn a five-figure a month income from our art in 20 days. And I'm not going to do this forever, but for right now, it's 100% free. No catch, no shipping costs, no credit card required. And I'll send it right to your email and you can watch it instantly. So click on the link on the screen right now and then go to my website and enter your email to get access to the free training now. The training is packed with valuable strategy and tactics. You'll be watching it in the next minute be done before you know it. And I promise it's going to be the most powerful training you'll ever watch on how it's possible to take advantage of online art boosts, create your legacy in this new economy. Did you know I that last her. year, according to Art Basel, there was $13.3 billion of art sold online, more than double what it was just two years ago. Artists are selling their work for thousands of dollars online. Faster, easier, and how do they do it? And more importantly, can an average person do it too? Well, that's exactly what you're going to learn about in this training. Plus, after the free training, I'm going to give you a bonus video interview where you can see how artists just like you are using online art booths as well as the blueprint that you can apply this in your life. So you'll definitely want to make sure that you watch that entire video. So that said, click the link on your screen, enter your email, and you'll get access to the free training right away. Plus, you'll get the free bonus training on how to apply all this in your life. Mejor que se case. Porque ella es la única que me ayuda. 
Ella me ha ayudado mucho, me trae comida. ¿Cómo tú te sientes? Yo te voy a ver hoy, si Dios quiere, si Dios quiere, yo te voy a ir a ver hoy. A ver si, 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 si me ayuda. Sí, Tirsa ha sido muy buena conmigo. Sí, ella me trae comida. Yo voy a, a, a verte hoy, si Dios quiere. Ok, yo te voy a ir a ver hoy, si Dios quiere. Deja ver si Tirsa me acompaña o, o deja ir al rubio conmigo. Porque tú sabes que yo no manejo. ¿Eh? Ay, viejo. La vida es una lucha. Pero yo estoy contenta porque tengo pollitos conmigo. Los pollitos me quieren mucho, duermen conmigo. Ay, corazón de mamá. Mira, aquí está Tita, quiero hablar con ella. Toma Tita, para que hable con William. Es ok. Muy bien, muy bien. Listening to this uh, presentation today, I was struck by the enormity of the scope of this investigation and the findings and the detail of the findings. And uh, there was a tremendous amount of opposition to this committee getting its work done. There was a tremendous amount of obstruction and opposition along the way. Still, 
in only 18 months, uh, they managed <clears throat> to get this far. And I know people in the audience are thinking, 18 months, that's an incredibly long time. In congressional time, 18 months is a blink of an eye. And in criminal investigation time, 18 months is sometimes a very short period of time. Uh, the, the first book I wrote was about a civil rights investigation by private attorneys that took several years uh, to get to trial successfully. You've all been involved with investigations that took much longer than 18 months. Uh, what is your sense of just how well or, or efficiently the committee used the 18 months that they had? Lawrence, I had exactly the same reaction. It, it's really remarkable, especially when you take into account, as we've all been talking about, that the committee does not have the same powers of enforcement, the same powers to get the obstruction, and they can't charge anyone so that they don't really have the threat uh, against people, um, and yet they have managed to completely change, at least for, I'll speak for myself, how I think about January 6th. It's not, it's almost a misnomer um, to call this the January 6th committee. That is the culmination um, of a uh, multi-headed plot um, that Donald Trump was at the head of, and they really I think, um, to enormous service to how we all think about it and, frankly, as to how the Department of Justice thinks about it and is investigating. And finally, I'll say, I think they really um, took a very bold step by recommending an insurrection and rebellion charge um, because there it really is the remedy for that charge. If there is a con if there is, that is charged and there is a conviction, there is a potential remedy that that person cannot run for office. That sort of puts politics at the center of any you know such charge um, if it was brought. But that really, in many ways, goes to what the congressional committee was talking about today with Liz Cheney and. Congressman Raskin talking about this is a person who they believe is not fit for office. And if you really believe that, that charge encompasses both in terms of what the actual charge is, but also in terms of the remedy, um, if there's a conviction, that the person has forfeited the right to represent us publicly. So I think a long, long way of saying that I completely agree with you, Lawrence, in terms of the work of the committee. It is, it's really historic. We have to squeeze in a commercial break right here. We're going to keep our panel in place. Andrew Weissman, Neil Katyal, Mary McCord are all going to be back with us right after this break. 61. John Adams wrote, The very ground of our liberties is the freedom of elections. Faith in our elections and the rule. 